0: Welcome to Life, the ultimate choose-your-own-adventure game with hosts Cliff Ravenscraft and Daphne Scott. Join this dynamic duo as they explore the profound concept of life as a thrilling adventure, blending ancient wisdom and modern psychology. Embrace the joy of living with presence, creativity, and playfulness. It's time to navigate the game of life together. Are you ready to play? Let the adventure begin. let the adventure begin
1: (laughs) the best. I think it's the best line ever.
0: It's right up there. I'll I'll give you that.
1: (laughs) It is an adventure. We were like in our little fancy intro now, I think, and we're only going to make it more fancy. Well,
0: those who are listening to the audio podcast are not aware of what the fancy intro is.
1: That is such a great point that you make. This is the voice of experience people. That's right. They're like, what are you talking about? I just hear the audio. Well, you can go find our live stream on YouTube. It's on there.
0: Or you could just listen to audio where it's convenient for you because that's exactly what you've already chosen to do. And you're not really missing a whole lot on the video.
1: Except us sometimes dancing.
0: (laughs) Sometimes. We've done that once or twice. And and Daphne's (laughs) like, I've got to come up with a video. (laughs) Let's cover that up.
1: I mean, how much? How how many more times do we have to feign joy at our own (laughs) interests? Dancing around. Okay. Well, today I'm very excited about our episode. I'm excited about all our episodes, but today we're going to be, I guess, breaking down a little bit. I'll, I'll say um, a talk from David Foster Wallace. He was an author. He has since left his body physical being has left this planet. We'll say more about that in a little bit, but he gave a talk at Kenton college of their graduation speech titled, this is water. And the, the the story cliche metaphor that he opened with is is it's pretty well known at least i think in in my circles it's pretty well known you know sort of like a fish not even knowing that it's in water is the idea so we'll tell a little bit more about that but cliff and i are going to talk about that today and break that down before we get into the story though i do and into his talk which i think is he was an incredibly skilled author i mean (laughs) literary genius really wrote beautifully um if you've not read his book Infinite Jest which i think is like a thousand pages long or something you know take that on as your own challenge he however had unfortunately committed suicide in 2008 was very much struggled his whole life with you know some forms of mental illness and was sort of a po- polarizing figure um, in and of his own right so there was some history of sort of a violent relationship that he had with a previous girlfriend and you can find all these things about him nevertheless this writing and this graduation speech is pretty classic. Uh, It's been around for you know since he gave it. I believe in two thousand five. It when I first heard it had a very profound impact on my life. And you know again I knew who he was as an author, so I that is and it's been on my mind. It's been sort of in my list of files of things to talk about and things to break down. And I think he points out several things and there's special, several quotes from the talk as well that we're going to talk about today. So. In that spirit, I do, want to, Cliff. Usually you show up and you're just on a whim, <laughs> you know, ready to talk. But I did send you this clip in advance. So, you did
0: send me this clip in advance. So, a couple of things that I have in common with the person listening or viewing this. Yes. And that is, I've never, well, some of the people, I have never heard of this gentleman. In fact, I wouldn't even be able to tell you his first. Middle or last name right now, <laughs> if you paid me a thousand dollars. I did watch the video twice, but that's how much that's how familiar I was with him. Now, yes. with that being said, I immediately understood why you would want to have an, a discussion around the topics that he brought up. And I resonated very deeply with the overall, well, with everything that was being said. And so I didn't know any of the things that you just said about him and his life. So um, I just want to say for the record here, if you have not yet watched this talk or heard of this talk before, it's not essential that you do uh, because Daphne, I'm sure, is going to give you anything you need to know about what we're talking about beforehand. But I would encourage, uh, Daphne, that we put a link to the YouTube video in the show notes so that afterwards people can go and see this eloquently delivered commence was it a commencement address right yeah
1: at kent college yeah. yeah which is a liberal arts school i believe that's where he went and you know the and thank you cliff for saying all that because the the opening of it is really he's making he's making an argument to some degree about the import. you know what they're really to get out of this liberal arts education which is the idea that you know you're going to be taught to think Right. right.
0: He, the whole the, the main preface, preface that he was making at the beginning or one of the main points is it's not essential what you think. It's not about the knowledge you acquire when you're going through this education process. It's about how you were taught to think or, or it's about learning how to think, where yes. to put your focus, how to come up with perceptions and and some of the limitations that might be associated with that.
1: That's right. And what really landed for me when I I kind of found this in my files is I was thinking about topics for the show and things we might want to talk about. And what really landed for me when I went back and watched it this time that didn't land for me before. The other point that he's making in this and I'll rewind here a little bit and we'll go into the the top of the talk but is he's he's making the point about the choice we have about what to think about. Yes, how to think. And that gets it it's in there. He says it flat out. It does get stepped on a little bit. There's so much in this talk and his, <laughs> his writing is so, so beautiful. Um, you sort of, I kind of listened to him. It's almost mesmerizing to some degree when you listen to the talk, but he, you know, I think that's the point he also really said, it's like no one needed to teach you necessarily how to think, but you do need to recognize that you have a choice about what you think about and how you're going to think about things. And I, I found that the, the most beautiful part of what he was saying. Which comes back to the top of his talk. So he starts with the story, for those of you who have, haven't listened to it. And again, we will put it in the show notes. But he talks at the top of there, tells a story of there are these two, you know, young fish and they're swimming along in the water. And a wise fish, you know, older, wiser fish is coming at them. And as he passes by, he says, how's the water, boys? And the two young fish keep swimming. And <laughs> one young fish looks at the other one. and He's like, "What? what is he talking about? Like, what's water? <laughs> and making this point of knowing the waters in which you swim so to speak right that it's very obvious the world that you're in but you may not be paying attention to it very much so i I was curious what your response is to the fish and water sort of idea and, and metaphor i guess
0: well it reminds me in what we've learned in modern psychology of the idea of the function of our brain and our conscious mind we are being in uh, bombarded with millions and millions and millions of points of data from our sensory inputs. And there's just no way our conscious mind can concentrate on all the data that's coming in. So what the function of our brain is, is to distort, delete, (laughs) and generalize. Right. And it's like, listen, I can only give you, you can only, you can't handle the truth. I can only give you so much. All right. And so I'm going to pull out what you have determined and what you believe is most essential, what's most important for you to achieve. And so the things that you're going after, the things that you think are important, you've given me those instructions throughout your life of your thoughts and feelings. And so I, your subconscious mind has absorbed what's important to you. And I'm only going to bring to your conscious awareness, those things which are corresponding to that. And anything that Else that's out there, even though it may be incredibly important to somebody else, to you it hasn't registered as important. So I will distort some of that information. I will generalize some of it, and I will just delete a lot of it. Yeah, we just we won't focus on it. And so I love the idea of the fact that these younger fish don't even know what water is. Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's like this is just the way things are, and <laughs> I I've never thought about. It. And it's crazy, but it's not crazy. I love thinking about this place thing called space. We think mm-hmm. I, I've I used to think of space as being this empty void. Yeah, but no, the the, the space is not empty. It it it, it space <laughs> is in itself substance <laughs> it, it, it's it's
1: cr- okay but there's there's i love i love i love watching you try to define it though it's great keep yeah. grasping it i love it whether it's the, it, you call it the ether
0: but everything is energy everything is vibration it is there is there is nothing that is non-existence here in this realm anyway yeah it's the best way i could try to yeah <laughs> what is water
1: what is water? Exactly. That's exactly it. What are we talking about? And so he makes this point right at the top. And, and one I love about some of, his, some of his humility that comes out is like, just in case you think I'm up here to be the wise old fish, think again. Like, that's not where I'm going with this. You know, he, he anticipates in a way what the audience is probably already, already you know, where they're going to kind of go in their mind. So I thought that was really great, too. He's not the wise old, wise old fish. Neither are we, by the way. Um, but the story is good yeah so what is this this thing water and i love uh cliff how you're talking about you know what we delete what we distort and then what we generalize to attempt to make sense of -hmm. our world right it's all within good it within our sort of good nature the better sides of our nature to just want to to just function we need to do these things what i think he also is making the point in the talk about however is that it's a real good way. And, and this is probably my favorite line in the ho talk. <laughs> it's not his most eloquent line. It's probably my favorite. It's a real good way to get hosed in your life when you choose not to pay attention, right? When you choose to sort of get on this default setting. And this is where he, he goes deeper into the self-centeredness that we can all show up with. And I believe, and I'd be curious to hear your thought on this too, but I believe what he's really talking about is the ego, right? Our, our sort of, uh, and I know you have a really, you have a really good way of talking about this. We've talked about it many times that there's some healthy parts of this too. So I want you to expand on that, but also I think that's what he's really pointing to our ego that just wants to be right. That gets trapped in its own way of thinking and believing. And he talks about getting trapped. I mean, I, th- I think he even says in the talk, um, we're, we get imprisoned so much. We don't even realize we're a prisoner.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I definitely see that correlation Um, for me. When I think about the ego and and asking me to speak upon the things that we've talked about in the past in the spiritual realm of, of, spiritual journeys, there's a lot of talk about, you know, death to the ego, you know, and yeah. tried, it's like yeah. the ego is the cause of all suffering. Yeah. Well, the ego is actually kind of re- uh, required for experience. It's kind of like the interface device for this reality game that we're playing called life.
1: <laughs> well, this is why I wanted you to bring it up because I thought you thinking on this is just, I, I, I feel as though it gives a much more broad sort of a healthier relationship to this idea of the ego because it has gotten into the mainstream sort of idea of like, you know, it's supposed to be death to the ego. And I don't know the ego, there was some book that was written like the ego is the problem. I can't remember, but so, you know, and I think that people have gotten sort of, well, I find it actually quite polarizing.
0: Yeah. And, it is a polarizing topic yeah, for many. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, anyway. so,
0: so for me, what I, what I've discovered and I worked with somebody in this realm, I coached with somebody or ha- I had a coach for six months where we explored the realm of ego and higher self and, you know, just all of these in the inner child, those are the main three people on my team. And I've got a whole board of advisors that are a part of my different attributes of my personality. But the thought was originally when I first started studying these things, it's like, oh, man, I really need to get rid of all of my sense of my personal identity. I yes. need to just break free from all of that. It's all a lie. It's all of this. Why don't I? And, and quite frankly, that leads to and for me, it was leading towards a path. Why don't I just get rid of all of the uh, attachment to everything? And why don't mm. I head to the Himalayas, find myself a cave and just exist? yeah you know, and
1: I'm like, then you can be attached to the cave. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Thank you, Alan Watts for bringing, (laughs) bringing a little bit of balance to that side. And of course, other people as well. But what I recognize is like, wait a second, the ego is not the enemy. The ego is the can be the ally. Now, don't get me wrong, it can have attributes of being the enemy, but it has to do with how do we perceive the ego? What are, Do we let the ego run our show? Or, or do we become focused, attentive to what the ego is doing? And in a way, what I learned is the ego is here to protect me. My ego says, listen, I want to survive in this world. I want to be able to thrive in this world. And I have all sorts of things that I have picked up through my experience of life, the things that I've read, the things that I've heard from mom and dad, the arguments that they got into, the all of the fights, all of the people that I saw literally killed in and and heard about all of this stuff. It's like people who have been burned to death because of what they believe and all of these things. Listen, I have my the ego has lots of ideas about lots. what it's what is required for me to be safe, for That's me right. to experience comfort com- comfort and avoid um suffering and the thing is is that not everything the ego believes is true (laughs) and and while there may be a lot of evidence to things in the past generations many of those things don't exist today as the threat that they once were but i've i this has still been handed down generation to generation and and my ego is still living my life today, is is trying to lead my life in such a way that keeps me from being uh, somebody who speaks my mind or says what I believe to be true or, or who goes out and does something that's not accepted by the norm or things of that nature. So uh, what I recognize is like, wait a second, okay, those are all great things. The ego is really doing something valuable and has... My best intentions at heart, but it often it's it's misinformed or the information that it has on file is no longer relevant today, and so um, having this internal dialogue and and we call my coach that I has was working with have team meetings, bring it in, you know, and it's like, <laughs> said, hey, listen, the inner child wants to have a, something to say about the things that it would like to go and create in the world and do and say and, and all this other stuff. But the egos kind of said, Nope, 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 you need to stay inside, you need to hide, I'm gonna keep you. And it's like, and the inner child's like, No, I want it. I, I want to go do this. And the higher self says, Listen, okay, we've we've got to listen, this isn't going to be so bad and all this stuff. And so what happens is, rather than trying to eject the ego which basically says listen i'm going to leave my interface with this this physical reality and unfortunately some people do that yeah so but what happened and some people do it in a conscious way that is not nearly as unfortunate but still most of us do well to hold on to aspects of the ego and recognize the ego for what it is. It is a tool, it, it is the warrior that's there to protect us. It's the, it's the scout that goes ahead and looks to see for the dangers and and brings up the check engine light or the yep. red alerts. And that is an incredibly powerful thing it's doing for us. And to, to say, I want you to die, I want you to die, I want you to <laughs> die is not a great way to have <laughs> internal dialogue
1: probably not. And the other, so in the blind spot that the ego has, and I think this is what you were pointing to as well. So there's a benefit to it. I think that's very important. And then there's a blind spot that it has where it believes every everything that it says, it thinks it's right. Yes. And that, right. And so this is what he was pointing to. He called it self-centeredness. And as he, as he goes through his talk, he's really pointing to how it has this beliefs that it is the center of the universe and only its impressions and only its experience is the only thing that matters. And, you know, my favorite part is he gives this example of our day to day, sort of like our daily minuscule what I call minuscule frustrations and he plays out this whole story of getting off work and you need to make something to eat and you got to go to the grocery store and everybody of course is trying to go to the grocery store and he he gives this just very apt description of what it's like describing a life of day in and day out I love the part where he was talking
0: about also you know the mundane but he's sitting in traffic and he's getting frustrated why is this and why is that person cutting in here and all the other things and it's like we don't think about the fact that other people have their own yes. story, their own narrative, their own experience. And, and so it, to, to be less self-centered in the way, by the way, I'm go, I would love to break out and say that I think being self-centered is incredibly powerful and mm-hmm. positive, but also being self-centered is incredibly uh, negative as well. But I think yeah. there's two different selves, but yes. anyway, good point. But, in alignment with what he's saying is when I can get out of my ego self that I'm egocentric and everything is revolving all around me and individualized me as this persona, then all of a sudden I recognize, you know what, maybe that person in the SUV. Was in a tragic, traumatic car accident, and now has their therapist says, Why don't you drive a bigger vehicle that makes it less likely for you to get hurt again? Or what if the car that just cut you off needed to get his son to the emergency room? So it's those kind of things. And those are game changer insights.
1: They are game changers. And I think that, you know, what he was talking about, it is game changing. And he's, you know, again, he keeps circling back to this idea of choosing how to think, choosing how to think. and I mean, to me, that's the whole game. <laughs> and so, you know, as he talks, so he gives us description of day in and day out. And he's talking, he recognizes that in this talk, he's speaking to a group of people about to graduate, you know, and he kind of pokes at them a little bit and says, you have no idea <laughs> what the day in and day out is like, you know, which I thought was kind of funny. But he's he's giving this because I'm sure they have their own day in and day out, too. Right. In, yes. the, in the right.
0: Exactly. It, it, it was very that was almost very egocentric. Like, Liz, you <laughs> you don't know what it's like out right. here. It's
1: like, exactly. <laughs> let me tell you. And I thought that was actually kind of funny. I don't know if he intended it that way, but I found it. Sort yeah, of yeah. You know, he, he he makes he has the quote, you know, um, there's no experience that you have ever had that you are not the absolute center of. And just recognizing being able to recognize that that you know, call it the ego, call it whatever we want. But that is what happens when we are on autopilot. When we are on this default way of thinking, feeling, and acting in the world, this is sort of what comes out. Like I am the center of everything, right? And I think that is what drives a lot more for me anyway, when I get into that mindset, what can drive a lot more of I am at the effect of, the horrible lighting. I am at the effect of the traffic. I am at the effect of the person who's speaking too loudly in the restaurant. I I can keep going and going. (laughs) And so when it becomes all about me, it's very easy then to get into that, what I feel like does become a prison for me in the moment of feeling sort of, I am at the effect of something.
0: When I hear I am at the effect of something, it's like, this is happening to me. Yes. Is that that That's exactly what I mean. Make sure that that's what what I'm understanding that you're saying. Yes. And while I understand that that can be the reality, and I certainly experienced that for a long time, one of the things that is important to understand is like, okay, these things are happening. Mm -hmm. All right. these, these are things that I'm aware of. These are things that have come into my experience. Yes. And what I love is that we can make that shift if we get stuck and feel like that we're that prisoner. We can come to the place instead of I'm at the effect of. It's like, no, I, I have the power and the freedom to choose my experience yes. with this fill in the blank.
1: Yeah, in any way that we want to
0: anyway we we literally can create our own reality
1: <laughs> yes in
0: in whatever way we want as far as that scenario you one one could be faced with traffic and be filled with bliss yeah. one could be you know st- stuck in you know i i well any tragic situation that many people would call tragic yeah. and yet you could experience Bliss in that. And it's not about suppressing negative no. emotions. This is about the fact that, no, I've I've processed that. Maybe I was triggered into a little bit of negativity because of some past w- ways that I thought things ought to be and what I had expected, how the situation would go. I was triggered into that. I felt that. Mm-hmm. Those feelings came, those feelings went, but now yes. I'm left with, what am I going to do with this? What do I desire? What do I want to create from what I'm experiencing in this now moment?
1: Yes. And I think that's the question, you know, that, that, well, where you went literally <laughs> is you started asking questions. Yes. And that is when I know my mind, you know, if we get, if I get into sort of the practical, tactical manner of this, that's when I know when I am starting to shift because I go from being right and being certain about I'll give an example the other night I went to a restaurant and it was it was to me what I noticed was how loud it seemed mm. now I don't know if it was too loud or not right like <laughs> but to me in that moment it felt and it sounded loud I also know that I have a sensitivity to you know noise and and those sorts of things anyway so at least what I say is a sensitivity to it so I walked in and I thought wow, this seems loud to me. I'm wondering if I'm going to want to sit here and have dinner, right? And it was me and my wife, Bridget. And so we're having, you know, so we get to the, we get seated and I'm, I'm sort of feeling my way through it. And I noticed it's the, I call it the chirping. So I was like, God, why is it so loud in here? Why do they need to have music on in here? There's so many people in here and the plates, you know, so I can hear it. And, and I just stop. I'm like, look, just ask yourself, do you want to be here? would you rather go somewhere else? That was an option. Would you, be willing, would you be willing to ask them to turn the music down? Would you be willing to simply just be here and see how it goes? <laughs> and so I chose the, would you simply just choose to be here and see how it goes? Like, you don't know. You know, I, didn't, I knew that if I started feeling like I had to raise my voice a lot to talk to Bridget, that I probably wouldn't sustain being there for very long. I didn't want right. to have to feel like i'm you know screaming at her
0: just imagine but- the private conversation you could have and nobody would know because it's so loud
1: exactly and so i scooted my chair a little closer guess what yeah it was great right so i think And I think getting to that point of sort of, am I willing to make a request? Am I willing to own that? For me, it seems loud. It might not for anybody else. It might actually, somebody might have walked in and I'm like, I love this. Oh, the music is thumping. You know, I can't wait to sit here and have dinner. You know, that could have been somebody else's experience.
0: Well imagine somebody was. imagine somebody who was out on the street because they're homeless and they were just invited by somebody that came across them and it's like listen I'll buy you dinner come on in yeah. I, I bet you he wasn't concerned about or she wasn't <laughs> concerned about you know the loudness you know they Ex- have
1: Exactly. So,
0: yeah, I want to tell you a story that that came up just yesterday. Stephanie and I go shopping every week and I have this habit of wearing shorts and a t-shirt year round. Okay. All right. All okay. right. It's just it's just clothes. So, so you just it's just you
1: prefer it. That's I your... just prefer it. Okay. And and
0: and now get this. I want you to picture this. I am wearing my sh- my khaki shorts. I'm wearing a t-shirt, and I have my winter coat on. All right. Because. <laughs> well, you don't want to get cold. <laughs> it, it is below freezing outside. All right. It's snowing. Flakes about the the snowflakes are about the size of my fist coming down. <laughs> And we always park very far away from Costco because anybody that goes to Costco on Sundays knows that you know you're just you might yeah. as well just park all the way you're going to get yeah, it in gets faster. it
1: gets real in that parking lot real quick
0: it yeah. does so <laughs> so what I here here's what happened I got out of the car and for some unknown reason I feel frigid I I, I don't know what the cause of that might be Me but either. I'm like and what I recognize what happened is I'm I, I'm tense. I'm my, – my fists are tight. My face is scrunched up, and I'm not – I'm hold, kind of holding my breath as the, the cold Arctic air is hitting my face. In your legs? And, and, and what I'm – well, my legs are just used to it. They're like, right, we got this. Don't worry. <laughs> Everything else about me is just uh. – <laughs> and do you know what happened, Daphne, is all of a sudden I became consciously aware of what I'm doing. Like, wait a second. You are currently putting your body into a stressed state. You are currently putting your body into fight or flight. You are literally shutting blood flow off, uh, out, away from some of your vital organs. You are currently. If putting your your physical body in red alert as though it is it needs to defend itself from impending death and doom and 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 wild prey or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and I have and the thing is is I happen to know that if I have a habit of doing this, I am literally depriving my body of its proper immune system and in in function, and as a result of that. These moments of putting myself into this fight-or-flight state literally brings about disease or dis-ease in the body. Right, which it was, right? Which, which, which it was, but it was all in my mind because in my mind, I should be warm and I should be comfortable and it should be 75 degrees and sunny as I'm walking into the store because that's how my world ought to be. And then I realized, it's like, wait a second. I the, the snow that's hitting my face isn't going to hurt me. The temperature is 30, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. It's, it, it's not f- like I'm not going to like freeze to death. There's only, what, maybe 600 more feet to the store. I don't need to be clenched up like this. And all of a sudden, I <sighs> took a deep breath. I released all of the tension and i began to look up and smile and appreciate the snow and the 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 way that it was uh, the breeze on my face and all of a sudden i had a completely different experience it went from oh my gosh it's so freaking cold out here it's like what a beautiful winter day today yeah and i beautiful? wasn't even in the store it's like i but i i recognized that man by default I was going into things that actually create dis-ease in my body. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need a 90-second a um, fight-or-flight s- scenario here uh, and putting my body through this kind of stress. That, that's just not, re- that's, that's not good. I don't need all that cortisol.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the radical part of this, I mean, is that you can catch it. Yes. And... In that moment, then you made a different choice. By the way, you didn't have to make a different choice. You could have decided to stay scrunched up and, you know, like, oh, I can see what I'm doing and I'm going to keep doing it. Also a choice, but just that you can see that and choose it. And I think we, I think, well, I say we, I can definitely take that practice for granted that we have the ability to do that. And I, you know, as I've worked with people and coach people, I think they can take it for granted. I <laughs> know they take it for granted, like how radical that is. And so your body relaxes you i'm sure i don't know if the sun was out or not but you know you just have nope. this yeah you just have this moment though of enjoying where you're at yes you're alive
0: i read about this a lot in my studies <laughs> from the gurus of india and all this other stuff and yeah i watched lots of documentaries and i do I, i've seen these wild feats of People who are way up in the Himalayas and they oh, yeah. day in and day out and they're in meditation and they literally just have one cloth and it's literally freezing and they're just fine. You know, yeah. it's it's no big deal. Yeah. Um. And and there are some of them that just go and bathe in the icy water and <laughs> and and then they come out and it's like yeah, it's all good. You know.
1: And you stayed, you said something too, Cliff. I think is really important. You said, you know, I had this belief that I should be warm. It should be seventy and sunny all the time. I mean, whatever, what all the, what all the deeper rooted beliefs. I mean, that and that is what happens when we start to believe that we're right about how things should be. Yeah. Right. But should oh, I lose my camera. Everybody should be out of my way. Everybody should, you know, bow to my will. And when I'm self-centered and doing these things, that's when I'm in that space, of the ego and living from that self-centered place, that's how life starts to show up. Yes. Yeah. And what I loved exactly. is that you had the experience with the weather. <laughs> I have that experience with
0: so many things in life. I have that experience with an unexpected, <laughs> undesirable, inconvenient text message or email <laughs> I mean there's so many things that I that come up in my daily activity that will trigger this fight or flight situation Mine, inside of my body. Too.
1: like a wing nut that comes loose unexpectedly. you know? What I love about that you had that experience with the weather in particular though, it, first of all, I think many people, self- included, can live at the effect of the weather. Like I'm happy when it's sunny and if it's not sunny, then I'm unhappy. Or if it's raining, I'm unhappy, but when the when it's not raining, I'm happy. I mean, I don't know how much. How, like I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there's not much I can do to change the weather. It does. Well, work. I have
0: noticed. I have noticed that. Yeah. I have noticed that. <laughs> I, I part of me was ready to go to a really deep, esoteric, mystical kind of philosophy, but do it. Yeah, I'll I, nah. <laughs>
1: I can relate to the weather. I, I can choose. Yeah, I,
0: I yeah, I, uh no, I'm not going to tell that story. I'll tell you that story privately. It's, okay. We we won't we won't go into too much public detail about changing the weather. All
1: right. Well, we may have to at some other on some other show. Now now I'm curious. We may have to do it on some <laughs> other episode. You know I am I am bookmarking this in my mind.
0: You know okay, you know what? Now that I've said it, I'll yeah, say it cuz I'm not I'm yeah. not embarrassed. Yeah, say it. Um but what I will tell you is I study a lot of Mystical traditions. Sure. And of course, there one could say if you've read the Bible and the story of Peter walking on the water, that one would argue that you know the waves and and you, there's no way you could walk on water, and yet he did because of his belief and expectation. Um, if you believe that story to be true, of course. Uh, then there was the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was sleeping in the bow of the boat, and there was this great storm, and Jesus uh, they woke Jesus up and like, oh, you guys are so, it's like, do I, seriously, this is still an issue for you guys? Why are you so afraid? And he speaks to the, to the storm and, and it, and it calms down and he changes the weather. And, and again, of course, all of this is if, if you believe these stories are true, mm-hmm. but then, uh, Jesus was you know talked was talking with his disciples and he says, "I tell you the truth any of these things that I've done if you just had the belief or faith or expectation and if you could just get out of your mind any resistant thought to the contrary if you had just the faith of a mustard seed you uh-huh could do, you could say to this mountain, move from here and over to there, and it would be done for you. And he says, I tell you the truth, all of these miracles, you will do far greater than these. And I may or may not have been at a friend's at my daughter's friend's wedding, where I'm going to tell you the story. Now, again, these things are You know, I'm just going to tell you the details from my perspective. So my daughter's, one of my daughter's best friends had a wedding outdoors. And on the way there, there are black luminous clouds on the approach. Okay. I mean, it is coming. It it is coming. And (laughs) we're talking like very dangerous lightning storm kind of weather. And we're supposed to have an outdoor uh, wedding out here. And so... They're freaking out and all this other stuff. And one of the things that it, it had started raining and then it stopped, it started raining and then it stopped. But then it, it's it's very clear. The wedding is going to start in about 25 minutes. And that right there, this big wall that seems there's no way on, there's no way in any reality that we are not going to be right under that when the wedding starts. Okay. But I'm out there and I'm praying. I am literally like in my mind, creating a different reality where it actually by some miracle does not rain. And I am not kidding you, Daphne. This is documented by every single person there and opening in the center of that wedding facility, this outdoor wedding facility, Um, The there was an opening that surrounded and the sun shined through (laughs) during the ceremony. We were covered 360 degrees by this dark, ominous cloud. And I'm telling you, it did not rain on the wedding.
1: And do you feel like that, that you caused that?
0: I do feel like I and the collective energy and belief and prayers of all those others there did create a different vibration of, of what happened there. Now, I can I, all I can say is it it's true for me. It's true for a lot of other people that were there. It could just be mere coincidence to a lot of other people. And I'm not saying that I always have that level of faith or belief or anything of that nature, but I can just tell you... I didn't have anything contrary that kept me from believing that this was possible. And I did have that experience. It's well-documented, not just by myself, but others. And, you know, it, I could be deluding myself. I recognize that. But, yeah, I had that experience.
1: Well, let's – well, and I really appreciate that. Let's play out the opposite just for a second. Let's play out sure. this. <clears throat> let's play out you see these clouds that seem as though they're coming your way. Yep. Yep. And instead of thinking to yourself, okay, um, I'm going to pray, I'm going to do all that I can, you know, knowing that you can't physically, you can't physically maybe do something to change the weather, right? Like you can't stop. If clouds are coming, they're coming. However, instead of thinking the way that you were thinking, let's do the opposite and say, let's go into a panic. Let's talk about... Oh, it's going to storm down on everyone, and the wedding will be ruined. And everyone should immediately go into a panic when nothing has happened yet.
0: Yeah, that, and and that's the typical response that that would happen. And I, in that scenario, if I let's just say I did not have the level of belief that I could, that my thoughts and my vibration, and the vibration and thoughts and prayers and energy of the other people surrounding me, if we did not believe that. There, if there weren't enough of us to, to believe that and we all had con- like so many limiting beliefs, there's like this is going to happen, all this other stuff, it, it, it would be my choice at that point to determine what do I think and what am I going to feel and experience as a result of this rain that's coming over top this outdoor wedding. And so the wedding just moves inside or, you know, whatever. But it's up to the bride and the groom to determine and evaluate for the rest of their life. What does that mean to their memories of their day and all this other stuff? And, And it could be everybody there has the opportunity to experience a wild and positively memorable out what was supposed to be an outdoor wedding that ended up being indoor. And there was these storms that kept it from happening and it could be a positive experience for some, and it could be a tragic experience for others, but we would have all had a very similar experience of the outside conditions, but internally each person would have their own version of what happened that day.
1: Yeah. And in the spirit of how our thinking and our beliefs impact our life. I am definitely, uh, if I had to park myself in a camp, which I try very hard not to do, by the way, but if I did, I would definitely park myself in the camp of wanting to believe and wanting to experience my, um, I'm going to use the word agency, that sounds pretty psychological, Um, agency or wanting to believe more in the camp that you just described than the opposite which would be, there's nothing I can do here. This is going to be horrible. This is going to go, this is going to be dreadful, What a horrible, you know, oh, I wish this wouldn't have happened. And if only we could do something, I mean, that camp doesn't interest me as much. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I don't know cause and effect. I love your story. I, so I, I want
0: to say that I love both the concept of wu-wei, which is yes. just let the, what is be what is. I am a massive fan Me too. of wu-wei. I'm a massive fan of Taoism. Yes. But I'm also a massive fan of esoteric um, and, and very mystical ways of thinking about the what is the nature of reality, yeah. and do our thoughts create things? And do we literally have the pay, the power of of our thought and imagination, and taking what we've imagined and turn it in into reality? And have we created what we're experiencing is and is the world around us a mirror of what our internal thoughts have been? Well, so I I I. I'm not saying I I have not come to any conclusion on to what is true and what's not true, but mm-hmm. I love to be exposed to all of it and evaluate it and play with it in my life. In because again, I'm I consider this to be a choose your own adventure game, and so <laughs> exactly. I I like. I, so I like to say, hey, let's put
1: on let's 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 insert this modification to the game and see what happens. Totally agree. And there would be, you know, quite a handful of cognitive therapists would agree with you. I mean, there is the ABC model that I think it was Albert Ellis came up with. I mean, I you know, it, there is this esoteric, you know, mystical, magical part of this. But then there's cognitive therapy that came around in the 60s when they realized you could just ask people thinking about that <laughs> prior to that but you know the ABC model is there's an activating event there's something that occurs that gets your attention and then the B part of it is belief and then the C part is consequence so there's an event but your belief inserts itself your belief about that event inserts itself and that is what creates the consequence so when we talk about thoughts create, things i mean things is kind of a strange word but in that in that context but when we're talking about that there is <laughs> truth to that it isn't it isn't an entirely um well i guess i use the word esoteric esoteric mystical idea it there is there is evidence to support this and there is science to support a lot of this too so you know i'm a scientist by you know kind of by nature so um yeah i appreciate all of it and i think that it can all be helpful i also in my own experience i i've I know what it's like when I go into, well, I know what it's like when my mind becomes Cliff in his shorts and his winter jacket, walking into Costco in a constricted state. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had this image of like, what my mind, how my mind is when it's, when it's in its own prison, you know, when it's wanting to be right, when it's got this constricted idea. So I can contrast that. Well, what, what's it like when it's not in that space? what's it like for me when I'm not tied so much to an idea? Or what? what's it like for me when I tie myself to a more um, an expansive idea, right? An expansive way of being, what's that feel like? And I want to come back to David Wallace's talk because this is a perfect transition to this. He makes the, he, he makes the quote, this is not a matter of virtue. And I think when we talk about these things, we can make it that way. Or at least it's about virtue or character strengths and you know all these like you know sort of things and that's fine. But what he says is it's a matter of choosing and this is this is the part two. To do the work of somehow <laughs> altering or getting free of my natural hardwired default setting which is to be deeply and literally self-centered. Now I know we talked about self-centered a little bit different but that line it's like it's a matter of choosing to do the hard work of of freeing ourselves from that and I think that's what we're talking about. I mean, I don't know about you Cliff, but I didn't always have the skill set and I do believe it is a skill set to some degree. I didn't always have the skill set to be able to change my mind.
0: Yeah, I didn't always have that myself either. Yeah. And in fact, prior to I would say 2009, I I basically was at the effect of everything in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I did I I had no idea that one could choose what they focus on, choose what they feel, create new meaning meanings about what they're focused on. Yeah. I, I, matter of fact, Daphne, it was an absolute shock for me when I heard for the very first time Tony Robbins said this phrase: a belief is nothing more than a thought. That you feel certain is true. <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm like, what? I will no, never forget the belief, first time I heard that either, or a version a, of that.
0: Yeah. I was like, no, a belief is truth. It's you can't have a belief unless it's true. Unless you've come, you've concluded, you've you, you've done all is it. You know it to be true. You have experience to back it up. It is a belief because it's true. <laughs> It's it, and because it's a belief it's true. It's true. That's and just it.
1: it. It's, it's just how the world is. This is Oh my god. someone gosh. told and me that, this was a belief. It has to be true.
0: So when I learned that a belief is nothing more than a thought yeah. that I've attached myself to and I have a habit of thinking it so much that I have concluded somewhere huh this is truth. nothing can be a, can go against this. This is actual truth. And I'm like, wow, once I learned that things aren't so rigid, um, I learned the power of making a decision to no longer come to conclusions. not just jump to conclusions, but I'm I am attempting to live most of my life without actually agreeing, to a conclusive thought, because there's never going to be a time when I have access to all data available. That's right. That's right. There's always going to be more data out there than I have the ability to process to scientifically, if you will. Yeah. Conclude something. Yeah. So I, 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 I do still have beliefs today, but it is nothing more than a feeling of certainty. It is not absolute truth. And and one could this is not a conversation today about absolute truth and what is absolute truth or anything. (laughs) Oh, let's just go
1: there. We can do it in five minutes. Let's just do it.
0: (laughs) But I but I I will say that that was that was the big thing for me to be able to start having the ability to control what I think and what I feel. Yeah, I had to actually understand that it's possible to take what I've always believed. And have an open mind to the possibility that it might not be true.
1: Yeah, I mean that I, at the root of the whole thing, I think that's it. Because that that quest for, I mean, I appreciate what you said. You know, there's there's some value. I mean, there's value in all of this. I mean, you said that at the top, right? There's, there's value in an identity. There's value in, you know, understanding what that identity is trying to do. There's value in some sense of certainty. I mean, I really appreciate that gravity seems to keep working every morning when I. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, there's some certainty there. You know, I, I think all of the, those things have some benefit. It's simply, though, to your point, when we constrict around that, when we get very convinced that we're right about these things, that it, that it really starts to create an experience for us. And I think this is the other thing he says in his talk. He talks about, by the way, the, and we know this metaphor, too, the mind is an excellent servant, but a horrible master. Right. And I always add to that line unchecked. Right. The yes. mind unchecked. Right. Um, And so I think the the line that he says is that that he said, too, he's like, um, it's we are servant to our head and to our natural default setting. This is the other part of being and thinking that we are. And he says that we are um, something like, you know, horribly alone. But what I really get to that, that I think the feeling that we can have when we're locked into this sort of egoic, self-centered way of existing is that we always feel separate. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's what he meant by alone. We always, I, I don't know exactly what he meant because I didn't ask him, but I do that experience of aloneness for me is more of that experience of feeling separate.
0: Well, and if you get into the idea of the fact that this egoic identity, it, it actually does have some level of beginning and it will have some level of end. Yeah. And if we are attached to the ego persona identity, then there does become this incredible fear of death.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, and losing it. Yes. I, yes. I agree. I mean, I've had that experience more than one, one time. And I think when he makes the, the statement about this isn't about our virtue, it is, you know, sort of noticing our own experience of that. What is it like for me when I feel separate? What is it like for me when I feel like there's a beginning and an end here? And, and I'll, I am on the other side of that, of deep, deep appreciation for this existence as it seems to be showing up now. But I wasn't always that way. It wasn't always like that for me. Um, you know, I definitely had the experience and probably more in my 30s of just, oh, is this all there is? You know, this is the existence and how do I become more? And, you know, some, some people might call that ambition. I have other words for it now, but, you know there's that desire of that can just take over and right of wanting to wanting to try to overcome this feeling of separateness and overcome the sort of existence yeah
0: i like the quote that you pulled out and you've said it several times at least two times today um what is it the the mind is a great servant but a terrible master yeah an
1: excellent servant but a horrible master an excellent servant
0: but a A horrible master. So one of the things that I think of when I think about that statement is, do many people understand that your mind can be your servant? Or I I prefer the language, do you understand that your mind can serve you? Yeah, it's a great question. And do you recognize that there's a possibility that you could actually stop serving your mind?
1: Yeah. Well... I mean, I, you know what I believe or my, what, or, and also what my experience has been. And yeah, it, you know, and that's a great point too, Cliff, if you're pointing at too, is that the mind has incredible, I mean, I appreciate so much that I can think through my day, you know, when I'm, when I, whoever the I is, we'll get into that later. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the next episode. The next episode. <laughs> Tune in next week.
1: We'll talk about that later, but you know, I appreciate that the mind can do certain things that it can think certain things that it can it can organize things in a certain way and creative you know whatever whatever it wants to imagine that can be creative and expressive in the world so yeah there I mean there's some real beauty there for sure, and then there's the experience of when it's when it's running its racket
0: well let me give you a a real life experience yeah. that I've had recently so here's my mind being the master okay i'm i'm an avid journalist and not like journalist like i journal
1: (laughs) (laughs) i journal a lot
0: i have i have physical journal books handwritten many thousands of pages all right yes and then i started to think wow what if i could benefit from just journaling in a digital form maybe typing or being able to do a search on everything i've ever did and so i found that when i got my ipad pro i downloaded this app called goodnotes and i started handwriting my journals in digital form there and i'm still handwriting and and but the coolest thing is and by the way i have thousands of digital handwritten notes yeah And what happened is I'm able to go in and do a search because it does optical character recognition. It will literally go and find every, if I do a search for any word, it'll go find every time I've ever handwritten that word. So guess what my mind says? Oh, Cliff, you know what would be really great is if you went through the last seven years of your journaling And you took a photo of every single page and imported it into GoodNotes. Okay. And do you know what Cliff Ravenscraft did? The ego persona? (laughs) It literally said, yes, master, I will do that. (laughs) and i literally did a 3 month process of literally, like taking images of everything and now i had in good notes all of this stuff and then all of a sudden it's like oh now i love notion and i love uh, journaling over here well, okay but there's so many things that i could do here because i can show it on screen i can share it with people and all this other stuff notion this digital typed up journal is a great experience and i'm like okay but the mind says But Cliff, you really need to have that repository over here. So every time you do this, you need to export as a PDF and import it and let it OCR it. And so everything is searchable. And then I'm like, well, gosh, this is now I don't want to journal as much because it's so many different things I have to do. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm just <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm I'm just going to not journal today. Or if I'm going to journal, I have to do all that. And then all of a sudden it's like, but what if I could actually get all of those things out of good note and into Notion and teach Notion some sort of process of obstacle character recognition? And I'm like, wow, my mind <laughs> is driving me crazy. <laughs>
1: is i mean the more that you talked about i was like are you even journaling anymore you're just busy copying notes i
0: i I, I literally went weeks without journaling yeah um so i buy i basically became i mean i was aware i was aware (laughs) trust me this this is top of mind for a while (laughs) and i'm like wait a second first and foremost Is there any evidence to support that anybody, after I leave this earth, will ever want to have one repository of every (laughs) written thought I've ever had? Chances are not. And if so, then if they want it, then by golly, do the work to create it yourself. (laughs)
1: They can go collate everything. Number
0: two. (laughs) what It's like I personally have had the experience. I know what I wrote where. And I know what system I used in each season of life that if I can't find it instantly in Notion today, I know where to go look next. And if that's not there, then I know where to go look after that. And mm. if there's ever anything I've ever journaled or notes that I've taken, I know where to go find it. Right. It's it, But the whole purpose of this isn't that I can actually have instantly everything at my fingertips. The whole idea is like, hey. I like the idea of self-evaluation. I like to process my thoughts. I like the benefits of how I come to conclusions about what's triggered something and determining what I want my what my intentions are for the future and what stands in the way. I love all of that stuff. I love the fact that I'm watching a YouTube video and I'm able to write down a bullet point summary of all the things and insights that I got, even if I may never ever look at this thing again, the fact that I journaled, yeah. the fact that I've taken notes. Is like almost ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time the most value I'll ever get out of the process anyway. (laughs) And why am I sitting here thinking that I must have a a document that contains any and every thought I've ever contained? Uh, I I had to I had to break I had to have a talk with my mind and I said, listen, you're you're going to settle down. Yeah, I'm going to journal. And you're not going to think about that anymore. We're putting that out. I yes, I heard all of the reasons why you want an archive and a repository <laughs> of every written thought that I've ever <laughs> that I've ever had. I said no. <laughs> and just like my dog, it goes oh, oh, and it goes off into a corner. My mind is finally stilled.
1: Isn't that great? Yes. Yeah. I could probably share a thousand stories with you like that. I was thinking about your OCR thing. I'm like, mine would just be a bunch of swear words. <laughs> just feel lot of swearing. Not impactful, but it is the process, right? I'm sure that everyone, I'm sure, I know I can relate to as you're talking about that. You know, it, it's sort of funny. I was working on this one drum part and I just kept doing it over and over, you know, and I'd get it like, we'll call it 70% of the time. And then i do it more and I kind of mess it up. So I kept doing it. And, the, and I realized what the idea in my head had become was that I had to do this perfectly every time or I didn't really know it. And that's what people tell me about. You don't to do it perfectly or you don't really know the part. And I'm like, do it perfectly for how, like how many times? <laughs> like, like how many times? Like a hundred times? A thousand times? 10,000 times? What if I do it 10,000 times perfectly but then there's just that one day when it's just a little off? Yeah. Right? And so, you know, I'm aware of my own for me, my own perfectionistic tendencies that can run in the background. And I've gotten, I think, similar to how you were with your mind to be like, no, to say, this is good enough. Like, you've gotten it 10 times now. That's good enough. You you may need to practice more later, but you're going to go ahead and just turn this in as it is. <laughs> it's just, yeah. just fine, you know? And there is some value to that, like where it's just not running you all the time, where I would still be sitting there, probably. Probably would have missed the show today.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, lo- I love that quote. Is, is your mind running the show or are you in control of your mind? Yeah. And have you come to the realization yet that you can reverse the rules if it's not going the right way for
1: you? Yes. So this is the work of choosing. The work of choosing. Hence,
0: Hence your ability to choose your own adventure in life.
1: Perfectly said. I'm not going to say anything more. I think we're going to wrap up the episode. I do have a couple announcements. Oh, yes. Do tell. Well, you can find us now at ChooseYourOwnAdventurePodcast.com. Yes, yes. finally. Yes. We we worked out all of the forwarding bugs. And you can. <laughs> Wait, by hold the on, way, hold on, can, hold on. Hold on. You can go to
0: www.ChooseYourOwnAdventurePodcast.com.
1: <laughs> the three W's weren't working. By the way, Cliff, very generous. You said we. I would like to uh, just acknowledge you ended up figuring out all of the things that for one reason, the three W's wouldn't work. I don't
0: know. Yeah, it, it, it's all worked out now, though. It, yeah. and, and by the way, it is ChooseYourOwnAdventurePodcast.com.
1: There we go. ChooseYourOwnAdventurePodcast.com. And I'm going to put this in the show notes with all the other references we do our best to reference everything that we talk about in the show by the way in our notes there is also a place now where you can leave and us daphne,
0: daphne says we but it's all her. <laughs> let's give her the credit now because i don't want to be self-centered and egocentric
1: it's a team effort my friends it's a team uh we do now have a place where you can leave us a voice message oh if do we have speak pipe we, up and running we do have speak pipe up and running so for right now it is at it's three w's <laughs> they're w's worth <laughs> Speakpipe.com forward slash choose your own adventure podcast. So I will put this in the show notes. If you would like to leave us a voice message or leave us a comment and leave, let us hear your voice, we'd love to hear it. You can leave us speakpipe.com forward slash choose your own adventure podcast.
0: Yes, and please ask us questions. We would love yeah. to hear from you. Ask us questions. Anything you've heard us talk about, if it's prompted something within you and you have a specific question, I would love to have your questions.
1: Yes, we would. We definitely would. We would enjoy that. So those are the announcements for this episode.
0: Fun. I love announce. Are we going to have announcements every week? I think so.
1: That would be fun. So, yeah. And especially if people leave us voice messages. <laughs> <laughs> we will not say your name on the show without your permission, so just know that that shared here would be get anyone's permission so uh but we will wrap up this episode thank you for being with us today we hope you enjoyed the podcast and you're making your best moves as you play this game of life cliff thank you
0: thank you daphne it is always a pleasure yeah that's it i'm
1: done (laughs) i'm like what else should i say i should start (laughs) i should end on a and have a great week i don't know i like that it's always been a pleasure too and have a great week we'll see you next time (laughs) Bye.